0: Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Corey Deergan. Alongside me, as always, is the arc-striding aristocrat, (laughs) the guy who definitely had a week, Tom Cruise's wingman, the Vex Milk connoisseur, Jesus, and the hater of all champions, Josh Finney.
1: It has, in fact, been a week. <laughs> are, uh, are, are those five you're
0: sticking me with tonight? Yeah. Oh, man. Not as many submissions this week, guys. Come on. It's, it's true. That's true. I'm, uh... Hmm. Hmm. This, this, is what, this is what we had to work with this week, Josh. So, while you're mauling that over, we did forget to name the winner last week at the end of the show we did would you like to reveal the winner uh the, last the winner week?
1: uh the winner of week one is uh the Volt shot vandal
0: Ooh! i don't know if jo- you guys know is about our yet. winner
1: yeah yay joasis i don't know if yay. you know this about me but i really love Volt shot it's like my favorite perk in a hot minute yeah it's really it's a good perk really fun on uh the scout and on the pole or not the pulse god the sidearm i got it on the but, scout rifle I crafted it on the scout rifle.
0: Nice, nice. Lucky enough to get a red border, eh? Hmm.
1: Uh, yeah, we'll talk about red borders in a minute. I have been uh, leading the charge complaining about it, and my luck has actually been significantly better than I thought it was. Like, as soon as I started complaining, it just started fixing itself, so...
0: Bungie heard you. That's, uh, <laughs> oh,
1: d- bu- uh, Bungie heard me and was like, oh, Jesus...
0: Um, oh man! Oh man! Why, why, you know, why don't you mull it over for the show, and maybe we'll. Uh, yeah, do it at the
1: I'm, end. I'm, I'm mulling it over. I'm mulling it over. I think I, I think I know the one. I think I know the one that I'm going with. But I'll announce. I will announce it at the end. Corey will not let me forget this week. Um, mm,
0: don't make promises, I've, I've made Josh. made myself, you know, There is a
1: note sitting literally on my computer right now. Do not forget to read the fucking name so is
0: that exactly word for word what it says
1: (laughs) yes and i'm about to put it into my phone too so that it'll show up on my screen um oh man yeah um hey i i what a week what a fucking week man i i made a quip on twitter about the names a couple nights ago because i don't know if you guys know this but i bought top gun maverick last week i've watched that movie like three or four times all the way through already like, it has become, like, I feel like I'm one of those dads who just turns on TNT and lets it run on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, God. This is, like, the ultimate, like... Like, I, I am 30 right now. I am uh, I'm a little bit older than my dad was when Top Gun came out. The first one. And let me tell you something. This is destined to be like, I, I don't even know T TN, uh, is TNT even still around like uh HBO, uh, like the HBO max movie of the week or something like this is going to be I mean, one of those that like, I under Like I never got it with Top Gun one. It was fine. It was kind of quotable. Anthony Edwards and Tom Cruise are great. It's very weird seeing Meg Ryan in that movie. And yeah. then it's just like, Oh, it kind of ends like, It ends with Val Kilmer and Tom Cruise like being friends. And that translates somehow into they're still friends like 30 years later, which makes no sense according to the trajectory of the original movie whatsoever. We're led to believe that Iceman has just been saving Maverick's ass for like 35 years career wise. Hmm. Um, I cannot tell you. How much I know this movie frontwards to backwards, so I really appreciate whoever submitted Tom Cruise's Wingman, because that's pretty, it's pretty fucking great.
0: You're not gonna, it's not gonna be like a goose situation though, where you eject and you eject wrong. <laughs>
1: goose situation, it, it, Corey. I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming that you have not seen Top Gun Maverick.
0: I have not seen Top Gun Maverick.
1: But let me tell you something. The rivalry between Miles Teller and Glenn Powell in that movie, Rooster and Hangman, it's basically Maverick versus Iceman. Except, let me tell you something. I fucking love Val Kilmer, okay? Glenn Powell has the most perfect shit-eating grin I have seen from an actor in years. Like this dude, get...
0: like since Val Kilmer in Top Gun.
1: Oh man, it's pr- it's pretty <laughs> fucking close. Like Val Kilmer in Top Gun, Val Kilmer in Heat, Val Kilmer in basically anything. It's fucking Glenn Powell, man. Like now, like watching this, I was like, yeah, I understand why he was the other finalist with Miles Teller for the part of Rooster. Uh, Rooster is Goose's mm. son. I'm I'm breaking down Top Gun in a lore corner here. Spoilers, like, man, dude, it's so fucking obvious. He looks exactly like Goose. <laughs> I, I know, down to he's the, even got
0: the mustache,
1: dude, down to the fucking mustache. He plays great balls of fire. Like, come on, man, it's it's pretty fucking good, though. Like, I would say, like the rivalry between those two. And because like, it's established that they knew each other before Top Gun unlike Ice- Iceman and Maverick met at Top Gun and just instantly fucking hated each other like these yeah. two have known each other for years it's insinuated they went to Top Gun together and now they're having to deal with each other again it's like it's great this is the kind of guy that I want playing Cyclops in the MCU is Glenn Powell hmm. because he would be a perfect Scott Summers he's just enough of a piece of shit to effectively play that role, I think, especially if you're going for like 2000s Scott Summers uh, or like Phoenix Force Cyclops, like he would be perfect. I digress, though. I really appreciate you guys putting in a Top Gun nickname because I got the gush about how Top Gun Maverick is like the most perfect dad movie ever made
0: watch next 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 week there's all they're all just going to be top gun nicknames now dude
1: i i put out i put out a call i says warning if you submit a top gun or a my hero academia related nickname i will go off topic immediately i got one mm. of those two it's on y'all to get me a my hero academia nickname this week
0: hmm. andre might I'm a bit.
1: Look, andre i'm <laughs> looking at you man i'm looking at you
0: Mm, calling you out andre calling,
1: calling you out because out. me me and andre talk about my hero pretty regularly so mm. right here man right here <laughs> i'm looking right at you am pure my hero soul. watchcast
0: coming soon oh, just kidding man. that is not an announcement that is not an announcement i'm just kidding <sighs> guys it's some
1: some great shit some great shit man but we've got a lot of destiny to talk about Corey.
0: We have a ton, it looks like here. They gave the us another meaty twob.
1: We complained about not having good ones for so long, and well, now we have this. I'm a little surprised that we don't get more Halloween details, honestly. Yeah. That was a little shocking to me that, like, oh, they're really not gonna show us that event card until Tuesday. Like, they no. must know that we all hated the last one. Yeah. And, so I guess, I guess let's start there. Let's start at the top of the, let's start at the top of the thing. We got the official like art mock-up yesterday that like kind of fits with like the seasonal themes and stuff that they do every year um, or every season for the armor. And it looked really good. And I was like, okay, I want to see how this looks in game. The screenshot they gave us in the Chwab looks pretty fucking good. I, the mech armor looks good.
0: Yeah, I love this shot of like them just kind of pose all posing.
1: Yeah, that that's the one I'm looking at right now. I I actually like all three sets. I obviously yeah. the Titan is literally mobile suit Gundam.
0: Yeah, I mean it. Yeah, I mean there's the, no hiding uh, that.
1: I I've been calling the the Hunter a Metabot for like six months, mm-hmm. and I feel like that may be slightly inaccurate. The Warlock may be more of a of a Metabot. The the Hunter helmet, at least, reminds me more of Voltron. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think this was really good. Um, the reveal of this armor and how it looks in-game. So, a couple weeks ago, I think we talked about it on here. If not, I definitely did some private complaining about it. There were data-mined images of some of the stuff from Festival of the Lost, and the armor sets looked really bad. It was, like, how they look when you pull them up inside the app. Which just like, really crude and, like, grayed out and stuff and people are like oh this looks like shit like nah you think it looks really bad imagine you talking about the
0: images that that they showed off with them without any shaders on them
1: yes
0: and people instantly took that to be like this
1: is how they're gonna look in game they look so bad like no this these look great <laughs> I'm dropping probably twelve thousand bright dust next week to buy the Titan and the hunter sets and I'm not even gonna blink twice yeah like this this looks great but this kind of reignited an old debate that we've had a couple of times now on this show and it, it like clockwork if we have to vote on an armor set next year i'm probably going to say the exact same thing We're we're cutting it down to from once a year to like once every few months when you have us vote on a set of armor please make the other set available somehow like maybe the set that we voted on it, you can earn through a quest line or something and you toss the other set into honestly like and johnny said this in the discord but it's something that i've said in the past as well to a few people i'd like to see the losing set maybe because there's no way you're not already developing it at that point maybe put the other set into the event card and i would actually buy it i think putting a set of armor in there would actually make that worth 10 bucks but that's a much bigger discussion on eververse optics as a whole. Uh, which is probably something that we're going to come around to because an event is up and I expect things to be egregiously priced again. Um, the Eververse economy is just so bad. Like We're about to talk about a bunch of economy changes, but the Eververse economy in particular is just egregious. Uh, but yeah, yeah, so, Mobile Suit Gundam, go buy the yeah. armor, like... I Bungie should be getting sued because this looks awesome. Uh, <laughs> we'll be purchasing ass shoulder pads.
0: Yeah. Dude, this looks so cool, man. I'm so excited to actually have like a pretty cool looking Titan set. This looks very cool.
1: Um, another thing that I want to highlight, it, it's up here at the top of the Schwab. Um, we would have highlighted it anyways, even if it wasn't, um, October 11th was a uh, national coming out day. Um, which as Bungie says here is the day of awareness, education, and solidarity for the LGBT qia plus community it's a day celebrating the act of being your true self and encouragement to change the world by embracing you they did a whole blog post on it um uh, i'm not gonna read through the whole blog post but um there's some cool wallpapers there is a instead of just giving away an emblem they gave away a transmat effect
0: uh-huh. um,
1: which i thought was really cool there's a there's a code for that you can go read the blog post um and then there uh, there were some wallpapers there and this was the source of some discussion uh amongst the community like most of these characters we knew were uh, a part of the LGBTQ community already. Um, Saint fourteen, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Marasov, mm-hmm. and then the next th- the other three, however. So Aramis, uh, which if you've read, um, I believe it's the uh, the once uh, the once ship stealer or something. It's the it's whatever book came out with Beyond Light um about aramis i
0: she, think we read it i we read point. parts
1: of, we read parts of it because not all of it was attainable i think i think some of it's tied to like raid challenges um yeah. but she her partner was a Etherus of a embrace um mm-hmm. and she sent her away with their hatchlings sometime before the events of beyond light so a is still out there somewhere presumably that's where aramis is going to um one of the cloud striders is here who has been confirmed to be non-binary and then last but not least is uh good old uncle drifter
0: uncle drifter
1: uncle drifter is down here and that that was the one that that it hit him and aramis seemed to spark the most conversation and i mean i think that a lot of us kind of went well that makes sense it's drifter yeah it, it makes I sense I kinda these it made the... so much
0: sense that I thought this was already confirmed at one point so
1: this is um the these colors I, I don't I don't think it's a coincidence um you can see like the colors on each of these wallpapers um hint to the sexual orientation that they mm-hmm. are um and Drifters, yeah I think uh,
0: I think Liana t- tweeted about it and said each flag or each color palette is meant to represent I be- I
1: believe so I just uh, I didn't want to uh point out i didn't want to misspeak so to, yeah. so to say um, somebody drifters,
0: tweeted that out
1: drifters is um the colors of uh, pansexuality though um which is uh interesting and makes a lot of sense like if you think about who drifter is as a character um so i thought that was a really i think these are kind of neat details um and there of course there's there's trolls on twitter and reddit complaining about it and outright screaming at one of the game developers like so you have time to tell us about the sexuality of these characters but not fix rewards from grandmasters and rightfully so that person got flamed by the entire studio very publicly um and by a lot of the community today because those things are not mutually so it's just like when we we were talking about you know the eager edge nerfs and whatnot and Oh, you have time to nerf Eager Edge, but you don't have time to fix Duality. Like those are completely different teams. I hate breaking. Right, down, those are totally <laughs> different teams, totally and completely different teams.
0: God, and... people, man, man. I, I wish. I... I wish. Like, I wish there was a just like a video, like a ten minute video to maybe somewhat educate people on how video games are made. Yeah.
1: I, I would like that, too. I think it's absolutely silly. Um, but... Not
0: that, like, you can really explain that in ten minutes, but, no. you know.
1: But also, like, I don't think that it's, like, rocket scientist to know that yeah, the people who make the encounters probably aren't the same as the rewards team or the weapon balancing team.
0: Or, um, you know, your social media team. Or, and yeah, or, managers. why are why are you tweeting at
1: one of the writers of the game to fix this? Like, maybe get the fuck over yourself and go outside a little bit? Like, yeah, yeah, it's probably frustrating, but this reward is going to be back around with the exact same GM later on in the season. And, yeah. like, it's bungee. Like, there people play the game, too. Like, I guarantee you Dylan is in there being like, what the fuck, man? Mindbenders is not dropping the way it should. And Lightblade is one of the three hardest GMs in the game. Um, but yeah. kind of getting back to what we were talking about um, with National coming out day, um, you know, that's just another example of you know Bungie with their social causes um and still doing things we don't really see from any other studio um you know really trying to walk the talk so to Mm -hmm. speak um of what they preach with the inclusivity and whatnot so uh the only the only people that are not going to be included in this uh, because and this is where the bigots were getting mad they were like well you know we don't we don't we don't like this. And you know, you're not including us. And they're like, yeah, there's no place for you in this community. And that's true. I mean, that's something that Corey and I have said since day one, there's like, there's no room if you're not going to respect somebody as a human being, there's no room for you in this community.
0: And yeah. thankfully,
1: we don't have that issue, like in our community, like in our Oh, my our gosh, corner of the universe.
0: I I mean, that makes me so happy that like, I mean, yeah. our discord I don't have is, to go I mean... around
1: policing what people are saying in our discord or anything everybody just basically yeah, knows like we're going to be respectful of everybody regardless.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not like I mean our discord isn't huge but it's not small yeah. by any stretch, right? And and the fact that we don't have to police anybody in there or yeah on our twitter following or anything is just like uh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Josh yeah. and I appreciate that so much.
1: We appreciate you being, you know, normal ass human beings and not weirdos, Corey. Let's uh, let's talk about something that's needed to happen for a long time.
0: All right, let's do it.
1: We're gonna talk about changes to the game economy, and this is I think this simpler
0: is in, economy, everybody. This is this
1: is a step in the right direction, especially for those who may not play a whole lot or you know, new lights, destination materials, man. Starting in Season 19, players will no longer be able to obtain the following items. Dusklight Shards, Microphasic Daedalus, Helium Filaments, Barren Bows, Spin Metal Leaves, or Glacial Star Wart. The keyword here is Obtain. Unlike previous currencies that have been removed from the game, these materials will not be fully deprecated, but more on that in a bit. We decided to make this change uh, because Destiny has grown to become a much more complex game than what it started as all those years ago. One of the major goals was that we have on the economy team for D2 is making the game more approachable to new and returning players. Uh, Removing these materials benefits players by freeing up inventory spaces and making it easier to find the items they're looking for, and with fewer currencies to manage, it'll be easier for players to learn and remember the value of the items they have in their inventories. Um, What about material exchange? It's not going away. Rahul will continue to provide the services that Spider once did, although there will be some changes. These materials will not be fully deprecated as we've done with destination materials in the past, but instead Rahul will continue to accept any destination materials you may have stored up over the years, although we'll see them exchanged at a lower rate than they had previously, and he will no longer sell destination materials to new players. Starting in Season 19, Rahul will now exchange 5,000 Glimmer for a stack of 20 Destination Materials. If players have less than 20 of a material in that inventory, Rahul will exchange 250 Glimmer for each individual material offered up by the player. Once Season 19 begins, this will be the only use for Destination Materials moving forward, so you can safely exchange all your materials and free up that inventory space. There are some new items that Rahul has found an interest in, however. Starting in Season 19, players can exchange excess Dark Fragments, Phantasmal Fragments, and hear Always Pieces at Rahul in exchange for Glimmer. Um, so, great, because I literally have, like, 2,000 Phantasmal Fragments, and that's not an exaggeration. I probably mm-hmm. have close to that and Here Always Pieces also. Dark Fragments, I don't even fucking know. Um, so, yeah. I, you can keep some of these in your vault for, like, Nostalgic purposes like I still have my fizzled Callus tokens for example Um, But yeah these are going to be useless Thank God Um, I do wonder what they're going to Replace the bundle of Destination materials with on the season pass That's like nine rewards they gotta Figure out Um, Which I expect just to be
0: legendary glimmer. shards
1: yeah i mean it's got to be legendary shards with the way the economy is going and you know, dude i'm so
0: about. tired of glimmer i've ne- i i do not remember the last time i ran out of glimmer like or <laughs> um
1: it used to be much more frequent um but now it's like oh it doesn't cost me to do certain things anymore so i'm not and it doesn't cost me to like slot mods either which used to yeah. be the big one um so with materials going away uh, there will be a change. Um, everything's going to be done through legendary shards or glimmer now. Um, so uh, now that you know about the changes to material exchange, you're probably thinking there goes the easiest way to get glimmer. To offset this, we want to breathe new life into a part of D2 that maybe doesn't get as much attention as it used to, public events. In Season 19, public events will get a big glimmer boost, especially the heroic versions. When completing heroic public events, players can exper- expect to earn between 10 and 12.5 thousand glimmer. When completing normal public events, you can expect to earn between three and four. These are raw numbers without glimmer-boosting mods or bonuses enabled. Cool. Fine. I think that's, that's totally acceptable. It's totally fine. Um... Uh, anything that previously cost the player destination materials, such as pur- purchasing exotic weapons at the Monument to Lost Lights, will see some updates. In the case of these legacy exotic weapons, the destination materials will, cost will be replaced with a legendary shard cost. Raid exotic, exotics, such as Anarchy and Terabot, will see no change to their current costs. Other items that once saw destination materials as part of their purchase cost, such as upgrade modules, enhancement prisms, and ascendant shards, will simply see the destination material cost removed entirely with no further change to their current price points. Um obviously materialism mods are gonna disappear from ghosts. Um you can now harvest glimmer from doing research resource nodes uh with the bountiful bountiful harvest mod. Uh, so there's plenty of ways to go get more glimmer. Um as players noticed with the release of the witch queen to deposits of uh, Osmium found around the throne world did not grant a currency, but instead delivered a glimmer, XP, and reputation directly to the player. Though we will not be creating new reputation systems for our previous destination vendors, such as Devram, Failsafe, Petra, and others at this time, we will be working to improve these experiences. Devram and Failsafe, our longest tenured destination vendors, will be getting a small update in Season 19. The reputation system that saw players turning in destination materials to gain ranks has been removed. This also means there are no longer rank requirements to purchase armor from these vendors. Additionally, the ghost shells and emblems that were once earned via reputation rank increases can now be purchased directly from Devrim and failsafe for 10 legendary shards each. We also increased the number of of daily bounties from 3 to 4. Though we don't have repeatable bounties to add to these destinations at this time, it brings us closer to parity across all the destination vendors. Finally, we will be removing the sale of Sunset weapons from both vendors when the season goes live. This is largely to prevent players from wasting resources on weapons that cannot be upgraded to the current level cap. So, cool. We're simplifying it across the board. I don't think this really merits a whole lot of conversation. They laid it out. Like, good two thumbs up. That's like six spots I'm getting back in my inventory now. Yep. Um, when that can <clears> be pretty filled up with some of these seasonal currencies and stuff. Um... Mid-season weapons tuning. Um, this is this is the bulk of the TWAB. And I'm going to be completely honest. I'm not going to read most of this. Uh, this is a lot of uh, numbers and shit here. Um, <laughs> numbers and shit. Um, we typically read <laughs> just. We read through so much last week in regards to what was coming down. It was a big Q&A format. And I think it was actually like both easier and harder to read through. Um, this is kind of more on the normal end. I would encourage you that if you are interested in some of these changes to come read through them yourself. I will fly through and do like the highlights basically they are bullet points. Um but it's a lot it's a lot of numbers. There's a lot of explanation and like a lot of weapon theory in here though. So if you're interested in a deep dive, I would recommend coming through and doing it. Um if I see something that like jumps out at me, we'll read it, but there's a lot here. There, yeah. There's a lot. I'm going to There's so much. I'm going to focus on the exotics at the end, honestly. Um, but this is in the uh, hotfix that is coming in uh, 6.2.5, which I believe is going live on Tuesday. Um, the 18th yeah, I think Midwest so. so um, auto Rifles um, see strong usage in PvP activities around 25%, but that drops to 13% in in-game PvP, such as Trials of Osiris. Um we often hear suggestions we should decrease time to kill and increase the range of auto rifles, but we found that with very minor changes to either, they become quickly oppressive across all sandboxes. As it stands, several high-impact 360s and precision frames 450s are already capable of outranging hand cannons and at least one adaptive frame can as well. We do not want them to wholeheartedly be competing with pulse rifles in the 40, uh, 40 meters plus range. Even a single bullet reduction in time to kill places many auto rifle subfamilies into best in class lethality. As such, we decided to lean more heavily into increasing their ease of use and making them feel better to shoot within their optimal ranges with a substantial buff to stability. Um, precision rifle precision frame auto rifles specifically of language since Uriel's gift meta of early Destiny 2, and because they are so inher- inherently so stable, they did not benefit much from the changed outline above. Uh uh, increased the effects of stability stat on recoil reduction by 20% at the high end and precision frames increased the crit damage multiplier from 1.5 to 1.55 so crit damage goes from 30 to 31 yay um, bows we, we talked about the bows the bow changes uh, pulse rifles currently strong in the sandbox uh, both through the reduced dominance of other mid to long range weapons and the availability of multiple easily acquirable and craftable cool. strong options in addition, a few balance passes back, we buffed their range a moderate amount, but in the current sandbox, we no longer feel they need that help across the board. We've removed the range bonus at the low end while retaining it at the high end to continue rewarding those who spec into range without giving the same advantage to those who do not. We also feel there was not enough of a difference in the feel of weapon handling across pulse rifle subfamilies, so we've rebalanced the stat to decrease the effect slightly at the low end and raise them at the high end. Adaptive frames, 390, have not been favored since the bygones era, and we believe this change will be enough to increase their strength relative to other Pulse rifles, without pushing them too far into meta territory. Rapid Fire frames, 540s, peace of mind, has an out-of-band zoom stat that allows it to compete at longer ranges than what would be expected for the subfamily, so it will be the first of multiple zoom outliers we'll be looking at bringing in line over the next season. So, in summation, um, rebalance the effective handling stat across Pulse Rifles. Increase the effects of handling by 5% at the high end, so mostly lightweight and adaptive frames. Reduce the effects of handling by 2% at the low end, so for high impact and rapid fires. Adjust Adjusted damage fall off based on the range stat. Um, the adaptive frame pulse um, got a precision multiplier from 1.6 to 1.65. Uh, this allows a, guardian, a weapon to kill guardians below tier 4 resilience with 6 crits, which is 2 bursts in 0.6 seconds. Um, and then Peace of Mind base zoom reduced from 19 to 18. Um, as we've said before, these may seem like relatively minor changes, but they can have pretty rippling effects in a sandbox. So I'm curious to see how the next Iron Banner goes with Peace of Mind. Yeah, in, For yeah. me, that's that's going to be the big test for me. Um, it's the number one weapon in Trials, has been since it came out, uh, but I think there's plenty of other good options for Trials. It's like, you know, Mercury says here, it's a pretty easy weapon to go and obtain and craft a god roll on your own um exactly Mm -hmm. the way that you did and that's not a bad thing but when it completely dominates pvp i can see where they're going like oh shit um it's not like you had to go grind out for that god roll like we did with messengers um this got handed to you on a silver platter so um scout rifles um 150 High impacts are going to be uh, scaled back a little bit. Uh, reduced body damage from 42 to 40 and crit damage from 73.5 to 70. Because um, they, they're slightly too easy to use in terms of time to kill. Um, yeah. reference. I've noticed that. Uh, Jade Rabbit. That's, that's, that's yeah. the Jade Rabbit archetype. Um, yeah,
0: I've seen a lot of Jade Rabbits lately.
1: Yes. Um, well, we're, we're going to address that. There's specifically a Jade Rabbit section Uh, once we yeah. get through these... Uh, Subfamilies of weapons. Um, Sidearms, um, they basically gave it better uh, fall off distance by 30%, which is just fucking wild. Um, Sidearms with Rangefinder will feel the same, but without Rangefinder, they're going to feel notably better. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> I'm very excited. I, uh, I really enjoyed running Sidearms there for a long time. I ran Last Hope or uh, Breachlight in um i mean everything i was running those in pvp in trials i was running them in um what you call it uh i was running them in master nightfalls i absolutely loved those sidearms uh when devil's ruin came out that god that was season of the sidearm for me was uh
0: season the of the sidearm
1: season of the dawn i uh really <laughs> really wish last open breach light would get reissued uh and i'll ask for it every single season until it happens <laughs> Uh, we want to be careful touching SMGs as we believe most of them are in a good place with their intended ranges. Uh, some SMGs can be used well outside of this, outside of their distance effectively and it's made difficult for other weapons to compete. Uh, outliers in the precision frame, 600 RPM. Um, so that's like your Shaiura's Wrath, for example. Um, yeah, that's, that's your Shaiura's Wrath. I had to make sure I was talking about, um, in general, reduced damage fall off, um, and that's that's the hit fire reaching, reaching its lowest point uh, by twenty four to twenty three. So you can't just spray and pray. Um, and then precision frame increased base damage from sixteen to seventeen. Crit uh, damage goes from twenty two point four to twenty three point eight. Reduced the zoom of Shaiuras wrath and friction fire from sixteen to fifteen. Again, one of those relatively minor changes. You may go, oh, they're giving us they're giving him slightly more damage on Shaiuras, which is already amazing. Yeah, Shaiuras is like really amazing when you can get that zoom going, though. Um, yeah. Without that, I'm not going to say that Shaiuras is going to be like a bad option, but I do think that more things can compete with it, which is the whole purpose. Uh, and then lightweight frame SMGs reduce base damage from 11 to 10.8, damage from 18.2 to 17.9. Um, precision frame auto or fusion rifles reduce the effect of the intrinsic precision frame perk has on recoil direction by 50% for fusion rifles only. Um, glaives uh reduced glaive shield damage resistance versus players from 75 percent to 50 percent uh damage from player supers remains unchanged at 50 damage from non-players unchanged at 97.5 so this is something that is going to be uh addressed primarily for pvp and uh, like all these changes are directed towards pvp mind you um Mm -hmm. One thing that is said here, uh, we'll continue to keep an eye on glaive shield damage resistance in the future, especially when the improved hit registration changes come into effect in season 19. Um, sniper rifles. Um, there, this is kind of a PVE, uh, change here. Um, Increased the settle time after receiving flinch by 60% and reduced received flinch in PVE. Now that this has had sufficient playtest time, we are making a similar change to linear fusion rifles in Season 19. So this is what we were talking about a few weeks ago, that this could be coming. It is going to come to linear fusion rifles. Um, Under the hood, incoming damage causes a player's aim to deflect by an angle, depending on the weapon type and damage amount. And then there's a spring force that pulls aim back down. Uh called the Dampening Ratio, and Spring Force, often called a Settle Time. We made a change in Season 19 that has significantly moved the needle in internal play tests. We reduced the amount of flinch received in PvE, but increased the Settle Time substantially. That means you'll continue to flinch away from your target without settling enough to shoot through flinch. Our goal is to discourage continuing to attempt to snipe when you are already under fire. The expertise of sniping while not under fire will not change. So basically, it's going to make them them harder to use. 60%. So you might not be doing that one phase anymore um but that ought to be interesting um there is a uh, stability stat on recoil reduction for trace rifles here um from by 10 to 25 percent depending on which one it is um rocket launchers increased blast radius by 0. 0.4 meters across the board um cool um Let's at these exotics. What's with these yes, exotics? let's
0: do it. Let's do it. Because I <laughs> the thing is, is I like all of these exotics. Like I like all of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um so this is specifically with like Lord of Wolves. Um I would encourage everybody to like kind of read along with us. But uh um, yeah. Jade Rabbit has a unique stat package compared to almost all other high-impact scout rifles and have ma- has massively high aim assist and stability. The aim assist puts the weapon's ease of use so well above what we find to be acceptable for a weapon with nearly unlimited range and a fast, optimal time to kill. Now that high-impact scouts are performing comparatively they uh, better than they have been in the past, uh, we have reduced aim assist by 20. So we should be getting domed a lot less by Jade Rabbit in everything other than momentum control. Um, Lord of Wolves... This, this and No Time to Explain are the two big ones here.
0: Uh-huh. We
1: nerfed Lord of Wolves. We mentioned it was the first part of a larger rework we were planning for the weapon aimed at making it more competitive in PvE. Right now, Release the Wolf's perk reduces accuracy by a substantial amount with the intention it would be useless against small targets, but still land shots on larger targets. The increased spread meant it was difficult to land crit hits on even on large targets without having to be dangerously close to them. In content where the extra damage matters, this could often be a lethal experience, so we've reduced the accuracy penalty by 70%. It should still be inaccurate enough that using Release the Wolves in PvP against Guardians will not be effective, but it will make it that much easier to consistently hit critical hits on big targets in PvE without being needing to be right next to them. When Release the Wolves is active, reduces ADS accuracy penalty from 10 to 3. Remove the 25% universal damage buff, added a 40% additional PvE damage buff, removed the 50% critical hit multiplier penalty, added full auto as an intrinsic perk. Cool. We'll see how it works. I'm never using this in PvE though, so. No. (laughs) Cool. Nope. Uh, for For you insane people out there, have fun. Uh, no time to explain this gun has been dominant in pvp for much of the last season topping the trials usage and kill charts week in week out however we had to be careful in tuning the weapon because its dominance is not universal the weapon sees over twice the usage and dramatically higher effectiveness on mouse and keyboard than it does on controller for example on mouse and keyboard no time to explain makes up 29.9 percent of all pulse rifle usage in pvp oh my and accounts for 31.1 of all pulse kills On controller, No Time to Explain is 12.3% of pulse rifle usage and only 12.5% of kills. With mouse and keyboard having higher stability, accuracy, and auto-aim, two bursts from No Time to Explain is much easier to achieve in that sandbox, so we needed to tune it in a way that the difference was noticeable on mouse and keyboard, but did not ruin gun feel for controller players. At the same time, we also wanted skilled players to continue to be able to use the weapon effectively while lowering the overall ease of use to make it more difficult to perform well with the weapon. So ultimately, what they landed on here is reduced recoil direction in the stat and re- reduced recoil direction from ninety to seventy-three, and reduced aim assist from forty-five to forty. Um, so we'll see how this goes. Again, this is this is largely a PC problem. I have not really encountered it in uh, Crucible on console. But I also haven't played a lot of Crucible this season. I want to be really, really, really clear about that. I saw it in Momentum Control, but I figured, okay, Momentum, cool. I haven't waited in the Trials at all this season. I'm sure that when I go in there this weekend or next weekend or something, I'm going to see it there, unfortunately. Um, but that is more... I, I wouldn't say like more of a competitive gun, but I would say like that's more of like a try-hard thing. And obviously, mm. as we can see on PC, it's like auto-kill, essentially. Um... <laughs> That 31%. Combined with, uh, that combined with peace of mind, man. Jesus Christ. Um
0: And then, that's insane. This this numbers wild. on this Oh my that's god, wild. dude. 29.9% uh, I mean, of all
1: uh, pulse rifle usage. Oh my god. This is wild. Uh Risk Runner is a very niche weapon with a very niche strength, but 50% damage resistance in PVP with the perk active is far out of band from what we want. Damage resistance options to exist. We have reduced it to 15%, which is still among the highest damage resistance options available, while making it less of a free win option versus other players who are using ARC weapons. So reduce damage resistance versus players when the ARC superconductor is active from 50% to 15%. Um, future items. That are going to be tuned uh, sometime in the next season, not necessarily at launch. Special ammo, linear fusion rifles, uh, Lawrence and Arbalest, including uh, auto aim reduction and flinch tuning for those two. Uh, machine gun balancing to make them better uh, as an option in PvP. Reduce the difference between them and other heavy weapons in PvE. Make them less punishing to use for ad clearing. And remove the damage penalty to Dead Man's Tail at five stacks of cranial spike. Let's go! I'm excited. <laughs> I'm very excited. I love Dead Man's Tail. I want to. I've
0: been using more. I've been using Dead Man's Tail a lot lately. I really very like excited. that weapon. I was like I was kind of like I don't know if I like this at first, but like I I don't know man. I've been using it a lot and I I'm I'm like really into it right now.
1: Hmm. It's still a good weapon. It's our uh our old friend Joe. It's uh, his one of his favorite weapons ever in Destiny. Um but with that we're done with the monster twab. monster
0: twab. Right. we weren't gonna read not it as monstrous right an awful lot.
1: not as bad as last week it is it is a lot of like deep shit on the back end um mm-hmm. you have to like really know where we're going with it I guess um,
0: yeah.
1: it's not too bad though ultimately it could be a whole lot worse um before we move to questions and lore corner though I want to have a discussion about the story for this season. And Corey, I'm assuming that you finished this week's story mission. Yeah. So full spoilers, if you haven't done this week's story quest yet, but this is a topic I've seen going around and kind of wanted Corey and I to give our two cents, give our, uh, our kind of take on the seasonal story. Um, I've seen some people say that this is the exact opposite of last season. Um, Last season was super story driven, kind of like a shitty event and things like that whereas like this season um, this is very much my thoughts on it this season the story is kind of middling but I've had a lot more fun with the expeditions and with the uh, catch crash yeah Um.
0: so the, the I, thing my is first,
1: my first question would be like how how do we feel like overall about the story with the resolution that we got because we got, we got the awesome cutscene of Aramis saving Ido, and then yeah. Mithrax immediately teleports in. Like Mithrax is like not yelling at us, but like begging us over the radio to save Ido. And when we yeah. burst, we burst through the door in the cutscene, and we see um, Aramis save Ido, and then Mithrax transmats in, and they immediately are like they're they're throwing down, they're throwing down right away. And this is we saw some of these images in the initial trailer for the season, the story trailer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah Mithrax has the opportunity so side note it's really funny that Aramis's sword is the sword from Deepstone Crypt because that's like one of the worst swords in the history of destiny
0: <laughs>
1: um, Tanix left her a really shitty breakup present but I was looking at this and going wow I don't know what I expected but this wasn't it it ends with Mithrax having the chance to kill her and Drifter even like kind of meta commentates on this being like so let me get this straight. He had he had two swords to her throat and then let her go. Cause I'm watching this whole cutscene and I'm going, Okay, this is a really dope fight. He pulls out the fucking splicer gauntlet. Like Ido's begging him not to kill her, and he whips out his splicer gauntlet and just punches he punches Aramis in the face with it, like the equivalent of like throwing digital sand into someone's face. Right. You can like see yeah. it like fucking with her mask. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: yeah. And, like, uh, when she's laying on the ground, you can see, like, the light in one of her, like one of the eyes, mm-hmm. and her mask is out.
1: She ends it by telling him she could have had it all, and then she throws up a wall of stasis and runs and jumps onto her catch. And, first off, why the fuck are we just standing there and not, like, taking a shot or something? Right. Um, second, Mithrax sought to prove her wrong it seems like the stuff between him and Ido is mended now but the story just kind of ends there without like any sort of resolution um yeah this this was a weird choice and I feel like we're not like well, typically like with seasons like that we're not quite done yet that there's still mm-hmm. another shoe to drop because and this, there's got to be an epilogue, right? Well, I this mean, was that, some that... of the conversation that we were having in the in the Discord and that I was seeing going around it. it. seems like people are kind of splitting into two camps of, man, this season was really underwhelming in terms of story. And then those who were like, well, okay, yeah, it seems a little underwhelming, but there's probably going to be something else. And finding the artifacts of Nezirak, like with us getting so close to Lightfall, like surely next season is probably going to feature like a part two when it comes to those relics. Because here's where I keep drawing the line at. Osiris has to wake up between now and lightfall. And yeah. the one thing the thing I would caution though is after finding these relics of Nezarak and after we've kind of found out that um he was into some shit, I'd really like to figure out what neserac's sin was. That's what I'd really like to figure out. You know, we have the warlock helmet that's called that. I want to figure out what was the actual sin that Nezarak did. Um what if, and this is just kind of like wild, wacky theory time. What if they use those relics of Nezarak to resurrect Osiris?
0: That's what I was thinking.
1: But it's not Osiris. What if Nezorak's Oh, you mean like Nezarak? Sp- what if Nezarak's spirit takes over Osiris? But see, you think they only- would do that again? That's what I was going to say. That's the only thing that keeps me from thinking that. Like that's that's a popular theory that seems to be gaining steam. And the only thing I would caution everybody about is that they just did this last year. With Sabathun having taken over his body for an entire year. Yeah. Um, At the same time, it seems like we're kind of overdue for a death. And... I would imagine something dark has to happen in order to use Artifacts of the Darkness. Um, I would think that possibly... Epilogue and would involve us using if there is an epilogue, which I see no reason to think that there's not at this point. Um, if there is an epilogue, I would imagine it's it's us with Mithrax and Ido activating the uh relics
0: Mm -hmm.
1: to try and use them because there's a lot of there's just a lot of talk about Osiris whenever Saint is around, Mithrax is asking about Osiris. And, you know, we've, we keep having the lore pieces of Saint, you know, is still going about his duties in the Tower, but, you know, he's trying to take care of Osiris too, and, you know, Mithrax has gone and visited them, and this and that, and Saint's like, when Osiris wakes, I can't wait to bring him to the Elixni Quarter, and things like that. I have to wonder, what if this is kind of the inverse of what the Crown of Sorrow did last season, where, like, it tethered nightmares to us, what if using these Relics of Darkness require a sacrifice? Do you think that Mithrax would or Saint would lay down their life to bring Osiris back, realizing that Osiris is probably one of the best weapons that we can have against the witness, even without his? ghost, I... He's still probably the most intelligent person in the galaxy.
0: I bet <clears throat> it's got, um, I could see it both ways. I could see, I could see Mithrax, uh, sacrificing himself so Saint and Osiris could be together. Right.
1: And to like because I, his whole thing has been about atoning for his past too.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. And I could also see I mean, I could see Saints sacrificing himself so Mithrax could live and Mithrax ends up like helping Osiris or whatever, but we <laughs> I don't know why you would do that when you why we had a whole season about bringing Saint back from the dead, right? So, my guess would be Mithrax would sacrifice himself for Saint.
1: Yeah, I I would be... I'd be be interested to see what happens. Um, Because when we place the Eighth Relic, they talk about the curse of Nezorak. Mm -hmm. And... I'm interested to see where that goes, because surely that has to play into it. Um, I'm, I'm pulling up the cutscene because I want to. I want to make sure that I'm speaking specifically what is in there, and I'm not inferring the wrong thing. Um, oh God, fucking YouTube! If it doesn't crash my whole computer here, which it seems like it might, hang on.
0: Uh oh! Set the music. Uh, so they, they believe
1: uh, Ido and uh, Mithrax believe they can harness the power. Uh, to what end? We're still uncertain. Uh, um, While well, I believe in our abilities, I'm concerned about the potential side effects uh, that such a process could invite. Uh, ancient uh, dirge I discovered describes something called the the Curse of Nezarak, which is rumored to drain the life of the user. So that's that's pretty key there, I would say. Um, I don't give credence to such superstition. Dark Age humans were comically ignorant. Still, I'd rather not take the risk. Um, my father disagrees. I, expect, I suspect he wishes to redeem himself for his past wrongs, and in that I cannot dissuade him. Um, we will continue searching for a method to unlock the relics. Until then, the light abides. Uh, light provides excuse me not abides light provides that that is some dark shit man yeah um i'm a little curious and shout out to destiny lore vault for um archiving that for me to find pretty quickly um (laughs) the top comment is my favorite me listening to this as i carry his glaive and wear what might have been his helmet Uh uh-oh um Uh uh-oh i'm very 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 curious uh what happens here um We still don't quite know what the Hive wanted with these relics. It can be assumed that Imaru wanted them to try and do some sort of ritual, um, maybe even in the the ruins of the Throne World Pyramid, to bring Sabathun back. Um, But it seems pretty clear to me that whoever does this ritual is potentially fucking themselves up. Um, Yeah. To what end, like... Do we do the do we do the ritual this season? Is it the kickoff the next season? Is it an epilogue? Is it something that gets held to lightfall? Like that's been part of the mystery for me ever since we got the reveal of lightfall. Is we don't know a whole lot about the story, but we know you know we know about Callus, we know about Neomuna. Fucking Osiris is in the key art, and it's really 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 bothering me because to what yeah. end we don't know. And we knew that was going to be part of the journey, and now with like a season to go. It, it's so kind of like we got to pick up the pace here a little bit. Like it <clears throat> a fun little side story. And like right now it seems like a side story and like a non-serious well, season as we're about to have like probably the most serious stretch of destiny that there might ever be. Yeah. But you're still doing it while hunting down fingers, presumably of Nezirak. <laughs> like,
0: yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, these have to be like these, this these has to be the way that, we, bring, that yeah. we
1: use darkness To bring Osiris back.
0: Yeah. He
1: was taken by the dark. He was taken by darkness. Now we're basically trying to undo that. And I would imagine that. um, What's her face. Eris, is probably going to have to be a pretty big part of that.
0: Oh, yeah. She's going to have to do like the whole. There's probably some sort of ritual, right? That she's going to have to do. There's going
1: to be some sort of ritual. The crown of sorrow is still just like chilling 10 feet away from these fingers right yeah it's, it's like, not I mean, great it's not it's not great times over let's, there let's in, be uh, honest though Casa like, de are, Helm.
0: It, is this is i mean <laughs> hmm. I, whoever put that in there didn't really think this through it, it's it's not thought through concerned yeah
1: but you couldn't keep him in the city either because that's where savathin's body is being dissected apparently
0: i mean that's fair but they don't have any other like secret base something that they could hide it i don't know seems seems a little hmm. this seems a little a little sketchy yeah um, i'm i'm not concerned. not a fan In, not yeah. a fan at all <laughs> not a fan everybody
1: no this is this sounds terrible um Corey, let's We do some. Well, let's do some questions. We've gotten some some let's absolutely some ridiculous speculation out of the way. Uh, but uh, I guess before we move on, what, what have you thought about the story overall this season? Now that we've gotten through the eight weeks of the season that the story is dictated through, what are what are your thoughts overall? I mean,
0: it was. I, it started. I feel like it started out kind of like, okay, this is cool, pirates, and then like the whole setup with with Mithrax and and i and aramis was like a really cool kind of premise for a story that just kind of like as of right now just kind of fizzled out you know like space pirates and i and, you know the, yeah, the event if was super if, cool if, I could, and...
1: if i could offer one theory that i have um the final radio message and it's in the final lore piece that you get as well um Aramis acknowledges in the final lore piece uh, that you get for placing the relics that there is not a place for her amongst the new elixne um, among the new a new Reese um, she doesn't want to live amongst the humans but she also acknowledges to herself that Ido is the future of the Eliksni, that that's why she saved her ultimately Um mm-hmm. And that Ido is like, you know, come back to us, come back to us, and this and that. And she's like, no, there's there's no place for me there. Um, you know, that she is the future. And, like, she's not admitting that Mithrax is, because she definitely doesn't want to live under Mithrax. But she's acknowledging that Ido is ultimately the future of the race. And it's probably worth having a discussion, depending on what, if they do something else with Mithrax and Ido next season, which I feel like they might. Um, yeah regarding these relics and whatnot it's, it's I mean, too juicy to let it let it sit there for another year i do wonder if something happens and Ido is the actual prophesied kell of kells and it's not mithrax like we've thought for so long um that yeah. would be fairly poetic to me even though she's a scribe uh especially with aramis like the last of the old Elixni. basically saying like yeah. You know, you're the leader now. Like you're the future of our species. You're the one who's going to keep us from extinction. Um,
0: mm-hmm. I know. It's the there's got to be. There's got to be. There's got to be an epilogue though to this story. Like it, I, it I can't I just think, end I like that. Right. I do think that, that, that right? there
1: is, but I don't. And I think the the epilogue maybe. Um, what's his face? Uh, Osiris waking up would probably be like whatever ritual we do, and then next season is like the fallout of that, but also like. We discover the existence of Niamuna and things of that nature. Because um, there's a lot of ground to cover, I think, in one season. Um, I yeah. like this season overall, I think. Like, the narrative, yeah, sure, it wasn't as strong as some of the others. I mean, we had so many good seasons of narrative in a row, though, I would say. Like, yeah. Chosen, Splicer, Lost. I think all three of those were pretty strong narrative seasons overall. hmm um yeah i would argue that well i mean i liked risen personally with um saladin and uh crow being at
0: the oh yeah that was cool too yeah last
1: season is one of the best story seasons we've ever had it's kind of weird because this is like probably the first truly like i think ha- <clears throat> excuse me my voice is starting to go bad. um had risen gone on any longer than four weeks i think we would have probably been like okay come on let's speed this up um this is kind of like the first down season in terms of storyline, like right now on the like surface storylines that we've been like, man, kind of kind of a bummer here. This almost feels like we're back in the uh, seasons of uh, Shadowkeep in a large way in terms of storylines. But it's pretty clear the Nezorak stuff is building for the future, as is Ido, Spider, and Mithrax. Uh, even Drifter, yeah. like there, there's a lot from all of them, there's a lot of development made on their ends, revealing their paths etc. here um, I guess maybe not Drifter, Drifter's just kind of chilling here, um, like he always does, but I have to think that this is for some larger picture that's coming into play, and I don't think you can leave that sit until a season next year, I think that has to take like that's got to be dealt with like, soon-ish, like next year should be all about mm-hmm. like shoring up the allies we don't quite have yet for the final shape
0: yeah. um yeah know, we, we have the, i mean there's the co- only the co- nine co- seasons left
1: like, there's five seasons left between now and the final shape five seasons that's so, so I, crazy i have to think that we shore up elixney support before then and that i,
0: I so i have it? sorry Go not ahead. to not to cut no, you no, off you're, you're but fine, like there's there's five seasons between now and the final shape and there's going to there's going to be four seasons presumably for the final shape the year of the final shape right yes are we trying to wrap up everything in five seasons or do you think this will bleed over into those four extra seasons i think those
1: four extra seasons are going to deal with like some things that aren't directly related to the conflict between light and dark that we've set up like honestly that may be where you get your siva season yeah um that could, I could see, like an Iron Lord season happening or something. Um, them bringing back the Croto raid could tie into like cleansing the moon once and for all or something. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I assume there's going to be some other some some other. I hadn't really thought about that. I assume that's kind of where you're going to clean things up at. Um, Aramis. I think we probably deal with, if not now then next year uh, in the lead up to final shape I think that she ends up being a dungeon boss mm. um, I do think that we're going to be forced to take her down eventually I think it's going to and I do think this is going back to the deep stone crypt um, I think that's where we'll deal with her because that was her goal was to get into there all along Yeah, and she never succeeded um, Atrax did one of her lieutenants and uh, Tanix obviously was resurrected there I would like to see conclusion a conclusion to her story um and we know there is a dungeon coming next season it would not shock me at all if she was the dungeon boss um yeah but if they don't deal with her now i feel like that's pro that might get left for next year but i could see her being like one of the things that we're mopping up after the final shape Um yeah. maybe like she reluctantly allies with us against the final or against the witness and then we kind of have to offer um i could see that happening i could see you know I want to see how the next couple seasons shake out before I start predicting anything beyond the final shape, like for its seasons. But I think there's some pretty clear events that have to happen, and that's and a lot of it is a Lix-N-y thing. Honestly, it's figuring out the are we going to do anything with the Deepstone Crypt, the fate of Aramis, um, the fate of the Kell of Kells, like who who is the prophesied leader, um, the fate of Rasputin, um, Anna's. Hopefully non-fall darkness. Hopefully that's been averted. Um Obviously the events on Niamuna. The defeat of Kallus has to happen. I would say the curse on the Dreaming City has to be broken. And we still haven't dealt with Zivu Arath. We haven't even seen Zivu Arath yet. Like, I could see in like the ultimate like middle finger, I could see Zivu Arath being like, one of the things that we're mopping up in the seasons after the final shape. Um, Like you fight her during it or something and, or, you know, during that or during the seasons leading up to final shape. And then like you finally kill her in a dungeon. Um, I could see that happening to kind of like cap off the hive story. Like, I feel like that's the, the, that race, like the hive and the taken are like definitively going to be done after this
0: yeah um, i feel like the i feel at least the hive definitely have to be i think the hive
1: have to i think they're they're too intertwined i think the hive and the take the, the take in is like a pure darkness power so that's a little bit different mm-hmm. but like the hive i mean that's a small army and we've eradicated no i mean unless you
0: unless you don't deal with zivu a wrath at all in the next which
1: would be just fucking old. Um, I don't. Oh I don't we want, have to, right? <laughs> I don't want another like three years of dealing with a hive god. I'm over fighting the hive, honestly. Um, I would be lying to you if I said that I'm not completely and totally over this. I'm done. I'm done. Um, let's let's shift in the let's let's shift the questions. Let's shift the questions though, because I, I kind of want to revisit this topic a little bit once we figure out exactly what we're doing with the with the relics here in a few weeks um we have a lot of questions tonight jesus um getting us getting us started
0: let's get it started let's do it by the way shout out shout out to uh nerd for setting up the the question thing in discord i that dude is a wizard at setting this stuff up
1: yeah it's uh yeah no pun intended he's absolutely a, a wizard um I've really, really enjoyed having the question threads. It's made life significantly easier for us. Um, we have a lot of Halloween-themed questions this week, um, so I want to I want to start here. Rushjet asks us, "What is your favorite horror movie?" We've got some non Destiny-related questions in here this week. Uh, favorite horror movie?
0: Hmm. I guess I'm not really a huge horror. Before you
1: like horror movies.
0: No, the thing is, is like I don't watch horror movies like at all. Yeah. I I'm like, pass. Uh, you know, I think I I'm pretty sure the last horror movie I saw was either the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake, the the first Oof. remake with Jessica Oof. Biel, <laughs> yeah, or or Saw, the first Saw movie. Um, Oof. those are uh, those are rough. I. I I do have to say though, when Blair Witch Project came out, that movie was so scary and so like fascinating mm-hmm. at the time, right? Because it came out like at a time where like there was no social media, obviously, no YouTube, no nothing. And this was like one of the first real found footage films, right? And everybody everybody yeah. thought it was real at the time. Like everybody thought Blair Well, that, Witch that's that's how they marketed it too yeah and so yeah that was uh that was crazy
1: yeah i i think i like the idea of the blair witch project more than i actually like the blair witch project um but i agree i I do like that movie um i would say for me like i have to i have to go with a classic i have to go with the og halloween um the 1978 halloween um it's just an incredible piece of filmmaking. I really like that. I find it really hard to get into horror movies, personally. We really need to have uh, Colonel Panic on here to answer this question for us. He's He really likes horror movies, especially, like, on a budget. Um, I always liked monster movies more. I was a big fan of... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if anybody uh, remembers when it came out, but we talk about viral marketing campaigns, and when cloverfield was getting marketed I oh was, my
0: god yeah
1: i was a sophomore in high school and that movie came out and i remember going on a date to go see it and my date absolutely hated that that's the movie we went and saw because there were several jump scares in it she was so pissed at me about it meanwhile i thought that was like one of the best things i'd ever seen i was like 15 this was incredible to me um i still love that movie to this day i think it's an awesome movie It's not necessarily horror, but it's definitely got some jump scares in it. Um, And it was a really creative use of uh, found footage and like uh, monster tropes and things like that. Um, hmm. Nerd comes at us with designing a Destiny horror movie. Destiny 2, the horror movie. All the tower residents go to a summer camp and a slasher is on the loose. Who is shacking up with who? So let's start there. In true Friday the 13th style. Okay, who 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 is bunking with who, and who's fucking? Who's fucking here?
0: Who's who's fucking? Uh, it's it's
1: got to be Drifter and Eris, right?
0: Well, yeah. I I mean, yeah. <laughs> Man, I knew I knew Eris had a third eye for something. Oh you know? Jesus Christ!
1: Yeah, no, they're uh, <laughs> they're 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 they're, de- they're definitely they're definitely the ones.
0: They're uh, they're yeah. the
1: ones. Uh, Mara and Petra close second. Um... Who, but who who's who's got a bunk with who? That's that's got to be the question here.
0: Hmm. I mean. I mean. I mean man who's bunking with who? i feel well, like i feel here, like
1: shacks I, or uh saladin and zavala are like the camp counselors
0: oh yeah no they you you no there's definitely a separate cabin of, of of zavala saladin and maybe even shacks just like i would say shacks chilling. yeah we,
1: we're, we're gonna put the three titans in a room three of the titans in a room together yeah I feel they're like definitely
0: chilling sa- playing some cards d- doing titany stuff I don't, think, I don't even think i don't think they're
1: playing cards they're just like you just hear, keep hearing uh them like quoting lines from like Iron Banner and stuff, yes, yeah, that's all you're hearing from yep. the cabin like all night, and you're a little concerned.
0: No, Sha- Shax is doing his worst impressions of Saladin and Zavala, and Z- Zavala is just like, hmm, hmm. and then Zavala and then, brought
1: the Perrier with him,
0: yeah, and, and Saladin's just like annoyed. Because he's like the old Saladin is grandpa. like lights
1: lights out at ten thirty. That's the kind of yeah. guy Saladin is. Yeah. Uh, I feel like your your next room has to be Elsie and Anna, Eris. and like, but er- they like can't figure out where Ares keeps disappearing to. Because like she's sneaking off into the woods with Drifter, right? And like by proxy, I think Drifter right. and uh, I-, I think it's got to be Drifter saint and crow sharing a room
0: hmm. i could s- god i could see that and i could see saint hating every second of it
1: see i see saint like loving it like saint wants to be part of the group so bad he wants to be one of the boys so bad
0: yeah but i feel like i feel like that drifter's, like, drifter's like drifter's
1: a... like trying to share the stories about like getting laid and saint is just like so excited to talk about it. then he realizes that all he can talk about is his relationship with osiris and so he has to like abstain because everyone yeah. knows who he'd be talking about
0: yeah it's and like he uh, can't remember
1: his life before this so
0: it's like uh it's like that how i met your mother episode where where uh uh what's his name uh god where ted and barney are like comparing notes and then uh yeah jason siegel is just like you know talking about his Conquests and they're like it's it's lily dude we know. that that
1: yeah that that's like saint osiris i feel like osiris is like in the real adults cabin it's like him yeah him and Icora, yeah mm-hmm. um just like kind of kind of chilling uh him Icora, maybe amanda holiday is there hanging out she's like she's wanting to play cards and uh ikora like absolutely refuses to play with osiris because yeah. he can like see the future and shit
0: yeah <clears throat> I kind of feel like, yeah, Amanda, uh, where's Hawthorne at? Mm. Oh, man. Okay, so, like, I
1: feel like you have to have a room of, like, people that nobody likes, and it's Hawthorne, Tess, and Ada.
0: Hmm.
1: That's, oh, my God.
0: Devrim has to
1: be the camp cook. We already know he makes tea canonically.
0: Mm -hmm. He's the one stoking the fire, sipping his tea. Yeah
1: in his tea like all casual like and whatnot Mm -hmm. uh varix is the guy who like actually owns the camp he's like the old grizzled grandpa yeah uh mithrax is the foreign exchange student oh no (laughs) mithrax and keitel are, are here from other countries and zavala like immediately stops being serious and like falls in love with a space rhinoceros yeah oh man So the second part of this question, now that we've established where everybody is staying, the rooms that they're in, who is the slasher? Who's the killer? And I I think there's only two clear-cut choices here.
0: Who are the clear-cut choices, Josh?
1: I mean, if we're going with these characters, I feel like it has to be Drifter
0: or Eris. Er Aeris is definitely one. See, I don't know. Well, I guess Drifter has his past that, is pretty scary if you think about it. Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, maybe they're in it together. Maybe it's one of those things like, uh, ooh, Watch like with multiple the, It's like fucking scream. What? Yeah, yeah. That's what. Oh, yeah. that
1: would be good. That would that would be that would be juicy. We're we're abstaining mm-hmm. from villains in this because they're like all dead. So yeah.
0: Um. Nope. Sabathoon still. You know, who's
1: dying and who's making it out alive here.
0: God, who's making it out alive. Uh, so uh, I th- the first
1: question I think we have to answer here is, do we have a final girl? That's a, it's a, it's a horror trope. It's a slasher trope. Do we have a final girl here? Like who of the female characters would be a final girl? Cause it's usually, I, I feel like it's gotta be Ido. It's usually like a super innocent one.
0: Yeah. Ido. I feel like it's gotta be Ido, Ido
1: or like, petra or somebody because like petra can like still kick ass but like watch us her best friend mara die or something
0: yeah no i think i bet it's petra i i, I would I go with petra, petra and
1: her one eye
0: yeah um because um, she's already <clears throat> been through shit right i would say also, i would have to put like, crow in here too i'd have to
1: put crow in here i think he's i think he's nimble and he's lethal enough
0: yeah I think I think someone like Amanda Holiday like dies in a super badass way though.
1: Oh, see, I think the opposite. I think Amanda's like the first one to fucking die. Hmm. I think she. Die- I think she like gets killed, and everybody's like, "Where's Amanda? at? Have you seen Amanda lately?" And we just see like whoever the killer is, like just straight up killing her, like in I the mean, woods. Could it,
0: could it be like a a lost world situation where like they're running and you just see them like just get sucked under the field grass? I mean, do it could understand. be, it could be, hmm. man, man, Jurassic Park, like, man, I feel like
1: Saladin has to die to like, let the, let, like the youngins get away, he sacrifices yeah. himself for Crow and Petra,
0: yeah, oh yeah, all right, and then, but, and, well, then Zavala dies in some kind of, no, Shax dies in some kind of dumb way, Shax dies in or a really thinks-
1: dumb way, zavala definite zavala and keitel are definitely murdered like while they're fucking oh yeah it's they're absolutely they're absolutely that's where the tag team murder comes in they're absolutely killed buck ass naked
0: it's the it's the nightmare on elm street scene right where they're in bed together and then you just see the blood squirting through the bed
1: i mean there's that there's camp crystal lake there's a lot there's there's there there is precedent here my neighbors are probably like why is this guy yelling about our space <laughs> rhino- rhinoceros fucking?
0: <laughs> no, I, I just imagine Shax Shax is like it's almost like Predator where he like thinks he's outsmarted it and then like he just gets just soared right through the chest from behind, like yeah. just dead. You know?
1: I, I would I would agree with that. <clears throat> Um, nerd asks again. He uh, he had another question. Uh, which Destiny NPC gives the best candy and the worst Halloween candy? I feel like worst has has to be Saladin.
0: Oh no, dude, Eris gives the worst candy.
1: What what does Eris give?
0: I don't. Not candy. She's the one that gives people like fruit or like a coupon to dude. Fucking uh,
1: fucking Saladin's over here giving you like protein granola bars or something. He's got a sponsorship deal with Cliff oh god
0: no like, dude around here around Aris, here it's... i
1: feel eris is like i feel like eris is like the kinky neighbor that you're like afraid to send your kids over to for halloween
0: <laughs> she gives you the a ball gag
1: <laughs> she gives she yeah she Gross. gives you she gives like one, she gives one. one person like a ball gag and one like a whip oh no fuzzy, she, she puts fuzzy handcuffs in your halloween basket oh no
0: she's the cool parent. she's the she's the neighbor um, when you look inside and you see all like these belt straps and like harnesses and stuff and you like the kid yeah is it asks torture, many room, or
1: torture room or sex dungeon oh no <laughs> um the best candy i feel like that this has to be shacks man
0: oh yeah shacks is giving out like the king-sized super bars. Drifter is everything. giving
1: drifter is handing out weed to people he he's the he is the only time that Fox News was ever accurate about drugs being handed out to kids. Yeah.
0: He's he's the one that the that your, you know, crazy <laughs> parents warn you about. Right. Um, oh, candy, he is candy.
1: he's who the conservatives are worried about, his Uncle Drifter. Yeah. Um yeah. better he's like he's like putting like cans of uh Miller High Life in your in your tote.
0: <laughs> and instead of chocolate coins, he gives you condoms.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, side note: when when I lived at my aunt's (laughs) house, I lived with my aunt for about eight, uh, not eight years. God, about eight years ago, I lived with my aunt, and there was a neighbor on her street that on Halloween he like they gave out candy bars, but they always had cider that they would give because it gets a little chilly by Halloween, even in Texas at night, and they would have hot cider, hot apple cider for the kids, but they would have spiked cider for the adults. That that dude had such a rockin' beard and like drove a motorcycle and stuff. I feel like he was like kind of drifter before I knew who the drifter was. Mm-hmm. So like that's just what I imagine is like drifter is like handing out spiked cider to people out in his driveway. Shax and Sal or not salad and Shax and the uh, Saint think this is like the greatest night ever though, and are handing out like king size candy bars from Costco. Yeah, Jax is like handing out uh, vaulted weapons to people.
0: <laughs> Here's chocolate your Uriel's gift.
1: <laughs> Here, chocolate mountain tops for everyone. <laughs>
0: um,
1: Saint Saint has flawless gummies. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> Tiger Jesus asks, "What theme park would you make a patrol zone out of, and what would be the public event, and what rides are the lost sectors?" Okay. Guys, listen, we're going with we're going with Disney World here. OK. Yeah. Like, come on. You know of, me and Josh. I here. You think that we are. But the question is, what what park do you go with, Corey?
0: Man, Epcot would be cool. OK, Man, you so- go. No. OK, so. OK, so Lost Sector, the the pavilion that hasn't that has been vacant for like 20 years in the back behind Universe of Energy or so guardians you, now.
1: You you could do that. You could do one inside the Mexico like pyramid.
0: Yeah. The boat ride. <laughs>
1: spaceship what spaceship Earth was one.
0: Uh spaceship Earth could No, spaceship Earth is like the secret mission where you get the cool exotic.
1: What would the public what would the public event be here?
0: Um <laughs> harmonious. Uh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Um, man, the public event would be, oh man, how, how would you do a public event at Epcot? I mean, it'd be easier if, if innovations was still there, Mm -hmm. but, oh dude, the public event, uh, (laughs) is just the. Um, American Adventure. <laughs> it's just the the animatronic,
1: the animatronic Ben Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I'm gonna go, and
0: then Alex, the legendary one is like Mark Twain, and he just slings racial slurs at you.
1: Jesus Christ, Corey. I'm gonna go. I'm so I, I'm gonna go Magic Kingdom
0: here.
1: I'm gonna go Magic Kingdom with mine. And it's not because, like, it's my favorite, but I think, like, it works the best for this exercise. Mm-hmm. For Lost Sectors, I would say, I mean, the Haunted Mansion has it written all over it, right? Oh, yeah. Haunted Like, come Mansion. on, man. That's like, that, that's like Michael Jordan in uh, playing against, I don't know, like, the Dallas Mavericks of the early 1990s. This is, like, the easiest basket you'll ever make in your life. That, that's number one in the power rankings of what should be a fucking Lost Sector at Walt Disney World. Is the Haunted Mansion. Yeah. Um, I would say another one actually could be like right next to it. Uh, the island that's out there. Mark Twain Island.
0: Oh, the yeah. Tom so- The Tom Sawyer thing.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say the Jungle Cruise.
0: See, I was going to say Pirates of the Caribbean could be. A so cool I was going to go Pirates,
1: thing. but I, I wanted to like change it up a little bit. I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going to go Jungle Cruise here because there's mm. so many places for enemies to like hide and snipe you from. Hmm. And then it's I mean we, we gotta go we gotta go to the other end of the park. So I mean spaceship space or space mountain. Space mountain's gotta be one. Yeah. In terms of the public event, I like imagine it like being like at night when the fireworks are going off and you're fighting like right in front of the castle. You're like sword fighting or something, and it's just like ridiculously like epic music like the pirates of the caribbean music is playing and stuff like that and you're just like fighting off an onslaught of enemies there yeah uh, i like defend the warsat in uh def- the warsat <laughs> crashes into the walt disney statue
0: <laughs> the Walt sat.
1: i fucking hate you we're moving on we're moving on boo boo um uh. zao ambrosia writes in happy birthday by the way
0: um yeah happy birthday
1: got some awesome artwork
0: uh um, i know god i'm jealous i'm
1: sure it's been discussed before it, it has spoiler alert but with destiny finally dipping into possible shows and other media what what would you truly like to see come out as a show and why is it Shax's instructional workout videos i had to make sure that this wasn't john's alt because this is something that i expect a1 johnny to ask us uh i mean hey destiny legends an anime just yeah like, stamp it on there mm-hmm. give me a whole bunch of different stories give me the man with the golden gun first though yeah that's what i want to see
0: yeah i mean i would want to see some sort of anthology i don't want to see yeah. some sort of like serialized like i don't want to see what they did with halo on paramount plus right I oh want to you don't see... you don't
1: want to see uh zavala's bare ass
0: mm, no i wouldn't get that lucky they do something I mean, we that already we got that see... in the
1: wire just go watch the go watch uh season four of the wire um
0: no my thing is is like season we would three. get characters that we don't want to see doing that right like i don't know hawthorne god yeah no hawthorne would be the main character
1: oh god all right yep nope um yellow kuru writes in and asks is that toothbrush still rotting away in your vault that's question number one yes i still have my toothbrush
0: Hmm. it's not in my vault sorry to disappoint everybody
1: unfortunate uh question number two is uh do you think Bungie will ever actually do anything with it like an exclusive emblem uh, i'm gonna say no because they told us it was safe to dismantle so long ago mm-hmm. um i would i'm gonna do a power rankings at the end of the year for our final episode <laughs> of the random shit that is still sitting in my vault among it is like a yeah. toothbrush the vex uh, the vex hot cocoa from a couple mm-hmm. years ago um all the stupid prize vouchers you get from uh, dares of eternity because I'm too afraid to delete anything that might be important.
0: Um, I still have two Kavastoffs in my in my vault from Jesus, my Corey. Um I've dude, come on. Rise of Iron, if you had a Kavastoff, you skipped like half the quest. That's true. That's true
1: um joasis asks uh what is your favorite era of destiny can be from d1 or 2 any season year expansion etc um man i would say the period of uh for me at least uh chosen through law chosen through uh, the launch of witch queen yeah like that was a pretty great 12 months there
0: yeah um i mean for me like this I I would say like the stuff, like, I don't know. It's, it's weird because I think this show amplified my love for destiny more than Mm -hmm. it was. And then obviously playing with the, with everybody in the discord and stuff has been really fun. But in terms of just like story versus with like events and everything, I would say, I would say I would have to agree with you. Um, with a close second of being uh just the taken king yeah in general
1: i i think that i we're, we're exactly on the same age taken Taken king has to be like the one b here. Mm-hmm. uh yeah. easily the best that destiny one was I, and, uh,
0: you can yeah, make I, an
1: argument for forsaken i think you can make an argument for the year of forsaken stuff
0: you could you could because that's but...
1: actually really close for me um yeah 'Cause I mean, Forsaken was awesome, Black Armory was strong. Really, if Joker's Wild had just been stronger, that would probably be my pick in all honesty. But yeah. instead we got Gambit Prime and the Reckoning, and I could not care less.
0: Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I just uh I don't know. Like I, I I really thought like overall like I was so excited and so amped for the Witch Queen. Yeah. And like as much as i enjoyed playing the campaign and and everything like i don't know i kind of feel like this it fizzled out and i don't know I, like i just don't know because like i was excited for beyond light but i knew it was going to be like it's probably going to be a smaller kind of thing ramping up to the witch queen and then into lightfall right and i yeah. thought i thought the witch queen was going to be a little bit more epic in scale you know Um, I mean, I don't know when, when they say Savathun's coming, you think like, oh man, this, there's something going to be here. Like, like the size of Oryx or something. And then for her just to end up being just relegated to a campaign boss, right? Like that just kind of, I don't know.
1: I would say that I don't think Savathun's story is over either, but I think that the story implications we got from her, despite her just being like, like you say, a campaign boss. I don't think mm-hmm. that has any like really like big trajectory on that for me. I mean Aldrin was one too, like he was the antagonist of beyond of uh forsaken, and then look at him he's one of the most important characters in the entire storyline now
0: um, yeah i yeah, but I think we knew like i mean a person i mean you know Aldrin is different than a hive god and i i would mind, i would agree
1: right? I think that the machinations that Savathun did behind the scenes. Um, with the possessing of Osiris. And just like mm-hmm. how it was like really like a slow build up to her coming like domination of the Dreaming City. Uh, you know, taking Riven and things like that. You know, having Riven under her sway, granting the last wish. Um, all that stuff. I think that that shows that she was very cunning. But Sabatun had different goals than Oryx. Oryx's goal was just to come and like wipe us out. Out of revenge for his son. He was, Oryx was cocky oryx is yeah. very cocky and then he pays the price for it in King's Fall um, I think with Sabathun it was different because she <clears throat> she used us that was part of her, her and her wizard and Amaro's plot was to use us to restore her memory so she would know who she was again and she wanted to lock the traveler away to save the traveler like she has, she has different goals than oryx did or than other villains have and I think that makes her Even though she's just a campaign boss, I think that makes her storyline the most intriguing. I mean, she has one of the best scenes in the entire series when she dies in front of the Traveler. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, the dialogue that she hasn't lost in particular with us and with Uldren and with Mara. And it's like, okay, like, she was trapped inside this crystal and she's still pulling the strings. She's still, like, fucking everything up, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. She's being the god of trickery. I think that there's still another shoe to come with sabathune but i can understand how that would be a little frustrating i mean we had sat here and thought she was going to be the raid boss um i'm not upset i think choosing rolk to be the boss was actually like kind of genius storytelling um introduced the concept of a disciple to us and of course got us speculating like now like who else can be a disciple who else is going to be one before the end and you know, obviously, Callus, and it seems like Zebo Wrath is on the short list to be one, too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I'm okay There's... with this not being the end of Sabathune's story. Like, I think we need to see the whole story before I'll be like, yeah, that sucked. Because, I mean, like, I look at the end of... I I, I keep coming back to this, but, I, like, I look at the end of Forsaken, and we fought a Taken meatball. Like, we didn't yeah. even fight Uldren, we fought a Taken meatball. And right. that was the end of what, up until the Witch Queen, we thought was the best campaign yeah for destiny like I, mm. I don't i just i just I think like, like s- that we had i like that we actually had a big bad that we fought i don't
0: know yeah no i just i just know like i don't know i just feel like the build up to savathun like i like that but like remember in, in the taken king like we fought orcs and then he you know ended up being the raid boss too because he was he you know took himself uh and I just I don't know that's what I, I was kind of expecting something along those lines, and maybe I shouldn't maybe I should just like this is a different destiny, and this is a different time in the story where the story's going, and there are bigger fish to fry right, and like the yeah. reveal of the witness was super cool, and stuff like that, but I just uh I don't know i I feel like I expected more initially from her being in the campaign and at the end of the campaign, and yeah. I don't know. I I feel like I'm talking in circles now, but um, I don't know. I I feel like the, it fizzled out, and maybe it's just because like, maybe I haven't run Val enough, and maybe I haven't del like dove into the lore of Ralk and the disciples mm-hmm. enough. You know, uh, because I don't. It just it just feels like it almost feels like she was wasted, but again. Maybe a year from now, we'll, I'll have a different take, right? Yeah. Or six months from now.
1: I, I think the, And it, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about with, like, the storyline where, we're like, oh, uh, some people are pretty underwhelmed with the story. And I'm like, uh, I want to pump the brakes on disappointment just a little bit. I'm not trying to be an apologist, but there's clearly still another shoe left to drop mm-hmm. on the subject of Nezarak and on the subject yeah. of his relics.
0: And I would what? I would just... I What, what if... <laughs> I mean, I just I just thought of this. What if they use a, com- a combination of, like, somehow maybe resurrecting Savathun mixed with the relics to bring back Osiris in some way?
1: I don't know. I mean, like, I think that the relics were pretty tied to, like, both of them to begin with. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty clear that's why the Lucian Hive wants mm-hmm. them. And obviously, like, we're, we're getting them to try and keep them out of everybody else's hands, but Mithrax mm-hmm. is going to figure out how to harness them. Um, yeah, probably with Harrison, you know, Harrison, Elsie's help and whatnot. Um, yeah.
0: So, so, I mean, I just yeah. I and I'm, I'm I actually am really enjoying the story part of things. I think mm-hmm. I think in terms of just like a gameplay type thing tied to Savathun is what I was expecting more for. But I actually I like the story. I like where the story is. I like where it's going. I think we're in a great spot. But yeah, that's all. All right. We have two more questions to get through. Um,
1: KK writes in and asks, uh, now that we've seen the mech armor, what would you pick as a Halloween-themed armor set for each class? Doesn't have to be movie-specific. Literally anything you think would look good on a hunter, titan, and warlock. Hmm. Man.
0: What would look good?
1: I mean, I know they already did it for warlocks, but I think a vampire set on hunters would look really cool. Yeah. Um, do a, uh, I don't like them, but do a hoodless cape mm-hmm. uh, or hoodless cloak and make it like a vampire cloak. Um, yeah. make it like really campy, like Bella Lugosi style. Um, like that could be really cool. Um, for a Titan, I mean, like God Gundam was kind of the dream, right? Um, I would say like a gladiator themed set, like a Roman gladiator set inspired set almost.
0: Yeah. I think that'd be cool because I mean, a lot of the, I mean, some of the Titan stuff is already kind of themed that way, right? Like with yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Eternal Warrior and obviously St. 14's helmet is clearly inspired by that.
1: I think for um, Warlocks are a little, I mean, Warlocks, I want like a full on like mage get up with like the pointy hat and everything. Um, <laughs> I just want to take it like full Gandalf the Grey.
0: Yeah, I think I think some sort of high fantasy set would be cool. Like yeah. really lean into that. Especially, especially I, mean, I, would for say, the I would say you could hunters. do that for
1: all three. I think that would be really, yeah. I think that could be really cool. Like you could do like almost like a Game of Thrones inspired set for all three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um that could be really, really awesome.
0: Yeah. That'd be super cool. But then you could also go the other way and do like some super sci fi set too. That'd I'd like cool. a daft
1: punk inspired hunter set.
0: Yeah. By the way, titans have that daft punk helmet for helm of inmost light i know i or, have, no, I have ins, the ornaments for it so insurmountable skull for it sorry guys yep.
1: our final question Corey. you and i did this exercise back on an old old episode of arsenal x a couple of years ago we're gonna fly through this real quickly though as quickly as we can the top five and this is from Zhao ambrosia the top five best fast food french fries
0: Oh, my top five fast food french fries okay so chick-fil-a waffle fries
1: yes that's on my um
0: list. yeah i'm a am a big fan of of wendy's fries
1: i gotta be in the right mood
0: i mean they're not like my first choice but they no, are definitely not curly fries from arby's i would probably have them on my list um the nacho fries from Taco Bell.
1: I do like the nacho fries.
0: Yeah, I I could do without the cheese, but I do like the fries. Um man, a fifth a fifth fry. I mean, I guess I mean like, I guess like McDonald's would kind of just be like default there, but like I haven't eaten mm-hmm. at McDonald's in probably like I don't know, forever. Um am I missing one? Am I am I missing? Yeah, you you need one more. You need one more. Oh god, um, man, I I mean, I guess I guess McDonald's fries. Uh, let's see, Chick fil A. So you've got
1: Chick, you've got Chick fil A, Wendy's, McDonald's. Wendy's,
0: McDonald's, the wa uh, uh nacho fries, cur- nacho fries, and the curly fries from Arby's.
1: All right, uh, I'm gonna go Chick fil A waffle fries.
0: Mm. so good. go
1: in terms of like shoestring which are like the mcdonald's style i'm gonna go whataburger here mm. I'm go with whataburger fries um this is this is like a deep cut if you live in the south or something well, i guess like whataburger kind of is but much less than well-known chain uh i'm gonna go chicken express those are uh Man, that's like the perfect like size to like potato ratio for a fry. I don't.
0: Meal. I've never even heard of Chicken Express because
1: it's only in the South. Corey is a fried chicken joint, mm. and it's fantastic. It's terrible for me, and I will probably die an early death. But it's so good. Um, so I've got those three. I would say I would probably put Arby's curly fries on there. They they like have to come out fresh, or they're going to be really bad. Uh, mm. for my fifth one. This is kind of a toss-up for me. Um, I would either go... Uh, the Crinkle Cut Fries from Raisin Canes. I've
0: never had them. Or
1: I would go... Um, I Apparently, I am in the minority for this opinion, but I really like the Fries from Five Guys.
0: I've never been to Five Guys either, so I don't... I
1: probably I don't. would go... Man, with the canes, so I gotta go with canes. I got go, canes, canes, crinkle cuts.
0: Mm.
1: So there you have it. Fast food. You know fried. what gets a
0: shout out though? Not really fast food, but the wedges from Earl of Sandwich.
1: The wedges from Earl of Sandwich, which are do not exist anymore.
0: What? No. What? Oh yeah, the last
1: time I, when I when we went in uh, in March, they didn't have wedges anymore. No wedges and no Hawaiian barbecue. I was insanely upset. Don't, don't tell
0: upset. me. Don't tell me about the wedges, Josh. I'm telling you about the wedges like three weeks before your vacation. Yeah. No. I. Okay. So first of all, I'm glad that I found out before I went. But also, what they replaced them with tots. Yep. Nobody wants. I mean, that
1: was my response. Nobody wants fucking tots.
0: Nobody wants. I tater like, tots. Over look, wedges. I like tot. I I like tots, but. Wedges are the way to go, and chips nobody so, wants. Nobody if we can do another chips. honorable mention, the
1: bottomless steak fries from Red Robin. Oh yeah,
0: not really with fast the, food, but they're delicious with the Red Robin
1: seasoning and the campfire mm. sauce. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Mm. Oh man, if that oh, if that would that would bump canes out of my top five.
0: Oh, easily. dude, that would bump like that would bump like three things out of my top five. Oh, yeah,
1: probably. All right, let's do a, let's do a quick lore corner and then get out of here.
0: Quick lore corner. By the way, Josh, just FYI, your Zencaster says you're offline. What? Yeah.
1: It says I'm online. I'm mine.
0: Oh well, it says I've you're I've got a green check mark,
1: and I'm still talking.
0: Okay, well maybe it'll maybe it'll upload. Jesus, maybe it'll, I'm
1: so. Oh. It's this fine. Can, I'm gonna be so mad if this gets fucked up. It's fine. We'll re-record tomorrow if we have to. This one, because um, <laughs> God knows it's fine. Cut out. Um, All right. So this is from the uh, this is from the class item this season. Uh, Catch killers bond. Uh, what makes a house it is a good question and one that not many Elixni do not think on often enough. For humans, a house is a place, but for Liksni, a house is a family. It has a culture, a philosophy of living, shared by all. That is why House Light survived, even when we fled Europa, even after the ship-stealer took all we had. We were not bound by place or possessions, but as family. Kryptark Matsuo asked me why the old crews are not considered houses. It is a wise question, one that perhaps does not have a singular answer. I think it's because those who led the old crews do not wish to be true Kells. A Kell is responsible for the safety and prosperity of their house is an honor and a burden those you call pirate lords wish only to take they give nothing even to their own people each raider is responsible only for themselves a crew is expendable a family is not the old crews live a sad life one the best left in the past and any the other one we have is uh catch killer's gloves the old crews yes i have gathered much information about them in the past weeks in fact i've just finished going over my notes The old crews rose in the wake of the whirlwind during what we Elixni refer to as the Long Drift, the span of time between the fall of Rhys and our arrival in the Sol System. I believe the equivalent period would be your Dark Ages, though Rhys did not have Risen or Iron Lords. Instead, we had the crews. As you can imagine, this period was quite lawless, and the stability and abundance of Rhys was no more. This resulted in what I believe is called a zero-sum game, a situation in which every gain or advantage is earned at the expense of another. Several fearsome individuals rose to great power and authoritative prominence at the time. The Elixni word for them translates to catch killer, meaning one who boards and wrests control of enemy ships. These catch killers commanded great fleets and raided upon many supply routes, procuring objects of historic or intrinsic value along the way. It is exciting to wonder what treasures they accumulated beyond those which we've recovered already. Many crews were abolished or disbanded over that time, but those that survived did, through so, did so through great hardship. They are formidable indeed, but then so is the vanguard and its guardians. Thank you for asking about my research and the curled crews and their significance. It's always a pleasure to talk about it. After all, what use is knowledge if it is not shared? So uh, I like these because the first one pretty clearly feels like it's from Mithrax. The second one definitely is from Ido, um, uh-huh. and it's just kind of there's just really not anything to like break down here in terms of the lore. It's just kind of how fallen society works. It uh, it translates a little bit more. Like we didn't think about like how raids probably worked in the past before this season. Whereas like with I think with the concept of a kell, we just assumed oh it's just the leader of like the group or like the leader of the house and like that's a little bit different. It's like it's seen differently in Alexni society. Um so just some things to kind of ruminate on as we approach the end of the season. We're going to have more lore. Um I want to do some of the the more recent ones that we've had dropped that you know we're going to circle back with these um as more of it gets uncovered in the api um it is in game i just don't have my game screen in front in this office um so yeah that's uh that's a very very quick lore corner tonight but just a peek into a Lixney society that we're gonna keep looking into uh over the next couple of weeks
0: nice i think it's fine for a quick lore corner we had a ton of questions and a a, in a beefy twop so
1: questions and a beefy twop uh we got to pick the winner of this week, though, for the nicknames. We do. We do. Corey, can you give me the nicknames one more time?
0: Yes. Here we go. Nicknames for Josh. We have the arc-striding aristocrat, the guy who definitely had a week, Tom Cruise's wingman, the Vex Milk connoisseur, and the hater of all champions. i got to go with the Vex Milk connoisseur ooh twist twist big twist big
1: twist sorry to whoever put tom cruise's wingman but uh i gotta go with the vex milk connoisseur
0: oh man let's see the vex milk connoisseur is sammy gobo sammy gobo so
1: joasis and sammy we owe you guys silver for halloween armor
0: yes uh just dm me on on discord let me know which platform you prefer and we'll we'll get it we'll get it handled we'll, we'll get we'll get it to you
1: stat and as a reminder now that those guys have won uh there are two weeks left uh in our giveaway two weeks two more weeks two weeks two more weeks two weeks left to go um of course you guys can continue to write in uh Names if you want to, just for funsies, but uh, you you won't win. Sorry, yeah, won't win more than once. Um, cool. So keep getting those, keep getting those funny names in here. Um, the more outrageous, the better.
0: Yes, get give give us some crazy nicknames, guys. We we want with crazy funny... within
1: reason. I should uh, I should be very clear here.
0: <laughs> yeah, nothing like uh, you know. Yeah, the, yeah.
1: You you guys, I, you I guys think... know what's acceptable and what I will and will not read out
0: so yeah Yeah. join the discord uh find the contest rules there if you aren't in there already Uh, also hang out for a while play with some people it's a good time it's a good time good time well josh what do you say we get out of here let's get out of here all right i want to thank everybody for watching and or listening this episode of tower casuals follow us on twitter and instagram at tower casuals uh join the discord Join the clan. Heck, who cares? Uh, Josh, thank you for your time tonight. As always, I appreciate you. Where can we find you?
1: Uh, you can find me Twitter at Josh underscore Finn two ends as always.
0: And you can find me at, I am cory and HG on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I want to thank everybody so much for watching and or listening. Remember to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, watch the show wherever you can leave us a 5 star rating or review on Spotify or iTunes and we will uh we'll see you next week. Goodbye everybody. Bye-bye. I fumbled over that ending. That's fine. It's okay. It. Hmm. it happens. I'll give it a quick hmm.